0: Hey, Potential Podcast listeners, if you think you might be feeling depressed, stressed, anxious, or overwhelmed, then our sponsor, BetterHelp, is here
1: to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. You can talk to your therapist in a private, safe, online environment at your convenience. There's a broad range of expertise with BetterHelp's 20,000-plus therapist network that gives you access to help that may not be available in your area.
0: All you do is simply fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in just under 48 hours. After that, you can schedule secure video and phone sessions. Plus, you can exchange unlimited messages, and everything you share is completely confidential. Join the over
1: 3 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Our listeners will get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com/potential that's better h e l p
0: .com/potential once again that's 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com/potential take charge of your mental health with betterhelp and remember know your potential <laughs> POTENTIAL
2: Podcast.
0: Podcast. Reviewing the latest in movies, TV series, video games, books, and more, this is Potential Picks. Okay. Hello, you. Hello, and welcome back to another edition of Potential Picks. I'm your host, Toa Sokol, and joined by my co host and uh, fellow scholar, Chris Dewar. Today's episode, we're reviewing the fourth season of the psychological thriller television series, You. For those of you who have uh, not watched season four or have not watched any of the seasons, this is your spoiler warning.
2: Spoiler
0: warning. Each season's kind of gone to a bit of a different location, but now we're totally out of the United States as. Joe has moved to London under a whole new identity, still seemingly trying to find love uh, and he can't quite do it. I wonder why. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, this was interesting. Like many shows of Netflix and other series, this was split into two parts. So the first one was in February and then finished up in March, but we wanted to kind of tackle it all together uh, so that we can watch it in one cohesive piece. But Chris, give us a brief synopsis of season four of you. So after the tragic
2: events that what, Happens in season three, where uh, he has killed his wife and uh, let his son go with another couple and he basically runs away. He basically, you know, gets out of the U.S. Uh, mm-hmm. And the season ended with the big cliffhanger of him in Paris. Uh, Going to track down Marianne. Well, we then start the season off with he's actually in London uh, and he's tracked her to there. And. He's now taking a life as a professor. And he actually is trying to just be a professor. He just wants to live a normal life. God, I'm so fucking tired of that. He is just wanting to live a normal life and be a professor. Not do any murdering. Not do anything bad. But this isn't, you know, the path Joel Goldberg is going to be on. Uh, so he soon meets kind of a group of socialites who are the high end of London. And after a somewhat party night, he wakes up to a dead body in his flat. Uh, And this starts off really what the first half was, which is this kind of more murder mystery. Mm -hmm. And I will say right off the bat, it was a nice kind of change of pace for the show. I think right off the bat, they couldn't be like, Even though we're in a whole different area, we can't just do the same formula of he sees some girl. Who are you? I need to chase you. (laughs) Yeah, And instead, it's actually more about him kind of wanting to chase of who is this murderer? Uh, They call it like the eat the rich killer because a lot of the targets to this first half are all, again, this kind of group of rich socialites. I enjoyed this change of pace. Although, yes, this does lead to a romance throughout this series. It was a nice way to be like, okay, we've done the formula. You know, Love Quinn had two seasons worth of attention, and the third season really built to a high dramatic point. So this was kind of a nice way to reset. And again, with him being this murderer, the serial killer, there's this fun element of the British who done whodunit, uh, and a little bit of that element of, like, Jack the Ripper and, you know... Killers that have come before in the British scene, this plays off very much like there's, there's, you know, this whole, this whole section of the first half where they go to this big, huge mansion in Hampsey, and I'm pretty sure it was the same exact mansion that we saw in the invitation. It looks very, very much <laughs> yes, the same. That, yeah. Um, Of course, this was much better you used. The invitation that movie was good, got <laughs> yeah. awful. Yeah. Um, but I was digging the characters we were meeting in this first half, and how the story was playing out where Joe was chasing this killer under this new identity, as opposed to a lover.
0: Yeah. And it's funny you say that because a lot of people were like, Oh man, this first half is boring and whatnot. But I really did enjoy it as well. It was just something different. And when you have, how far can you go with this character who, you know, he keeps obsessing over some woman and finds a way to be, you know, come part of her life. And of course he, he murders not, you know, on purpose, as he says, but it, it kind of comes a part of him because of his mm-hmm, nature. Yeah. So, yeah, I really enjoyed that. But I will say the, you know, the socialites and stuff, I think they did really play it up very good of these people that are like the worst, of the worst. And that's one thing I love about the show is that Joe Goldberg is a horrible human being. <laughs> you do not want to, people he comes in contact with are almost as bad, if not worse than he is at times, you know, and, and all these socialites are just like, you know what? Kill them all. <laughs> I was like, I hate all these people. <laughs> so that was that was kind of interesting, but really good casting. I really enjoyed the casting, of course. But uh, we leave on this really interesting, you know, kind of cliffhanger. We do find out who is uh, the Ether Rich killer, and it is this Ed Spieler's character, who uh, his name is Reese Montrose, and he's like, this author who kind of was started in poverty, really kind of grew up in it. But then he seems to despise all these people, so he's like, I'm trying to take him down, and he's like, Oh, I see a kinship with this guy joe and throughout the whole first half of the season he's been setting up text he's been kind of you know enticing him to well, joe come out and play so to speak so that's where we left off of that first half
2: yeah and you know before we go into part two I, again i think some of the best scenes in part one were all the stuff in hampsley at this big uh mansion out in you know out the outskirts of, of london and this group of characters, I mean, you got Lucas Cage, who we've seen, you know, he, we saw in the um, first season of The White Lotus, he's been popping up and stuff as Adam, and he is uh, dating Lady Phoebe, who's played by Batilly Keeper, and that's a big plot point, is he is a, a guy who came from wealth from his parents, and he's kind of falling from grace with that, and so he desperately needs uh, to make an engagement happen with his uh, his beloved to keep her money which is a big plot point. And then another one I really liked, his work, was uh, Ben Wiggins, plays Rold, yeah. who is an aristocrat and a childhood friend to Kate and definitely a rival to Jonathan, who is Joe's alter ego. Uh, and there were some great hunting scenes out in the woods where at any moment you thought this guy was going to straight up kill Joe. Uh, <laughs> and they think that he is the killer, uh, which was led to some just great... It had some great whodunit moments. You know, I love there was one scene where Um, They discover a body in a room. They're like, there's no way to get this downstairs without anyone noticing and having to like throw it out of a a window. And he gets that idea because earlier rolled pushed Joe out the window perfectly timed so that he would land on like a hedge bush, uh, not to kill him, but to basically send a message.
0: Speaking of invitation, we do have uh, Lady Phoebe's kind of like caretaker uh, fixer. We've got uh, Sean Pertwee, (laughs) which
2: I was like, oh, yeah, same guy. He's still working there. See, he's still working there. I would actually, at this point, it'd been great to be like the plot twist. They're all vampires. Um, <laughs> that's a that's and it really twist. is. It really is. Eat the rich. Is they want to eat the rich. But as you said, yes, we get to the second half, and Joe is like, okay, I need to stop Reese Montrose from becoming mayor, and he's he's doing this whole campaign, and people are going to, of course, take to this whole poverty to. You know, standard of of glory story, and what was interesting is you have this character of Nadia, who is one of Joe's students in his class, and she's been taking an interest in Joe purely because he's taking an interest in her. I think she looks up to him as someone that's you know, even though he's American, he definitely has a huge knowledge of literature, which Joe does. Joe, as much as he's a serial killer. Is a big book lover, that's a big part of his character, and she starts to notice some off things about him to mm-hmm. the point where she started to become a little detective herself. And yeah, what was interesting is where this whole second half goes is to two major plot lines. Well, actually, I would say three because we're also introduced to Kate's father, uh, which was a fun little it's not a cameo role. I mean, it's, it's a good enough role, but Greg Kinnear coming here is Tom Lockwood, who uh, we discover is extremely rich, extremely powerful, and has done some really bad things. It's always swept under the rug and it's always had Kate just not, she does not love her father for that. And his whole story is that he's trying to give her his kingdom, uh, which I thought that was very interesting. And again, what does Joe do best for his lovers? He'll kill. He'll do whatever he can to, mm-hmm. you know, that's what he did for Marianne. He thought if I killed her abusive uh, ex-husband, she'll love me more. Kind of didn't really work out that way. No, for no. <laughs> but uh, the big twist really was that there is no Reese Montrose. This is all Joe. Yeah. And I thought, I mean, there is a Reese Montrose, but not the one that we that we've seen this entire time. Uh, because we had this great scene in this barn where he he goes to the outskirts of London to this, you know, house, and he basically, like, almost in a Casino Royale moment, uh, mm-hmm. is torturing Reese and he's like, where's Marianne? Where's the girl? And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he pops a ball, uh, which was intense, <laughs> and he kills him. The feat of rage strangles him because he can't remember where he put Marianne. And then we have Reese step out of the shadows. He's like, oh, this is interesting. And you're like, wait a minute. Is this a twin situation? We don't know there's a twin. No. Joe's actually, through all this chaos of the season, kind of got this ultra personality. And he's actually the one doing all these killings. And this was a good kind of, we talked about this as we were watching it, Fight Club kind of twist. Yeah. Where he has... Maybe this entire time in his life had this alter ego in him that does the killing. That he you know because there's there's been moments in other seasons too where he always kind of acts like he downplays a lot of the stuff he does or the mm-hmm. murders or like you know I am a good guy mm-hmm. and I'm one for love and maybe that's the side of him that um, is the dark the dark passenger yeah as Dexter would say um, but he's trying to find who Marianne is and. I love that there was this was a very fun way to have Ed Spielers just ham up this character where he can't give away where it was but he's able to give like little clues and he's like this shadow. So every time, you know, Joe gets angry with him, he it was some of the best scenes I thought of the season. That's why a lot of people did say the second half definitely turned up a notch with more of what you represents, but I think you needed that first half to set up you know what's going on because not only now do we know is joe is the killer and how he's going to get out of the situation marianne has been in a box in this abandoned kind of warehouse this entire time and because joe has forgotten that she's there she's had no food she's had no you know so we have this whole long sequence of seeing her almost decaying in this box yeah. and in going mentally crazy and she's getting skinny and, and and frail and nadia actually finds her and that yeah. was a big like oh so she's been here this entire time so even though joe let her go he didn't really let
0: her go no exactly so and then so she's trying to figure out how do i get marianne out but marianne you know just like the audience knows he he's 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 too crappy. Don't call the cops. Don't call the You're cops. Not, he... Don't. If he finds out, you are dead. Exactly. You know? We exactly. know
2: that's what's gonna happen. But again, with Greg Kinnear, I I loved his character. Oh, he um, plays
0: such a good. He plays a good evil character in, yeah. in these. Because he
2: does come off charming and powerful. And what was a great twist was that whole dinner scene where uh, Kate's introducing her boyfriend Jonathan, and he's like, "Nice to meet you," and he hugs him. Joe, and it's yeah. like, oh, this guy knows who I really am. Uh, so, again, that tension is all there. And I just enjoy the fact that, again, for Kate, seeing how tortured she is from what her father's done, he does take it out of his way to go take Tom out. And it was kind of a I like that scene where he had the he had the napkin with the stuff on it to, you know, make him pass out. Yeah, he's about to attack him. And then he turns around and he like hides and he's
0: like, hey, uh, we got to talk. There's so so many great scenes where he does that, where it's like, man, he'd be great if he uses powers for good. He's so like very sneaky and stuff like that. Yeah, but that final confrontation with him and Tom and then you've got. Um, his alter ego Reese who's kind of like his little devil on his shoulder mm-hmm. um, which is so great because all those scenes as you said where he's like trying to talk and he hears him like chatting in his ear but he you know he's able to take time out he's like you know, good for Kate I gotta you know and he's he's at this point which this was a big big changing point this whole arc of Joe is he's felt like he's wanted love but he doesn't know how to go about the right way and he's always been very misguided Um, to an extreme and so this whole thing where he's really subconsciously and consciously been like i'm pushing myself away from kate i've fallen for her but i can't this has to stop and through him talking to reese he's like i have to you know this is this is where it ends you know so he does take he's like my final thing is i'm gonna take out tom kate's gonna be safe it's all gonna be good Um, and you know he does But meanwhile, we have, you know, Marianne and, um, the students, you know, she almost gets her out of there. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Nadia. And then, so Joe's like, okay, she's like, well, I'm going to let you go. It's going to be fine. He's like, I'm really going to, you know, you're going to be free. I I don't want to hurt you. And he's like, I just have to make sure this, you know, goes away and everything. So he tries to like get her to talk to her, her daughter. And he finds out because Marianne used to, uh, be a drug addict and whatnot, um, through these texts, they're like, you know, you're done, and that's the only thing that Miriam's living for. So she's freaking out. Comes back there the next day, and she's seemingly dead. And he and there's this great little scene where he's kind of psychologically like, "No, I didn't kill her, and whatnot." So we get a little flashback with Beck. We get a flashback with Love, and I like when they use mm-hmm. those thing of his subconscious talking to him. And yeah. um, so he 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 places her body in, in an area that should be found. Goes off in the sunset. Uh, seemingly to maybe, you know, reunite with Kate, but he does not. And this was a really, very tough scene. I actually really enjoy when he's at the bridge and you're like, wait, is is he, is he not? And he's like, I'm going to, this has to end with me. So he, mm-hmm. you know, and he, and there's a great scene where he's still talking to himself with Reese. He takes Reese and he's like, almost like a little Harry Potter Voldemort. Let's give it yeah. together, Tom. And they, 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 they tumble off the bridge.
2: He throws him, he throws him over, you know, obviously not re- realistically, but uh, in a way where, you know, get rid of my alter ego, and then he does jump, and he uh, attempts to commit suicide, and uh, yeah, very powerful just to see that that's kind of where Joe thought he would leave off. As The only way this can end is by doing it myself. If I get myself up to the cops, I could be in jail for the rest of my life, and this is the way it has to go. Well, Joe does not die. There's actually, you know, as most places have this, there's uh, often crews that, uh, you know, see if people jump and he gets saved. And, you know, he's in the hospital and they're like, you got really lucky, man. You know, you're you so close to and that they found you. So he's being, you know, kind of revived health. And we find out that, dun, 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 another twist. Nadia actually switched the drugs that Joe thought he gave to Marianne with these pills that basically slow your heart to the point where it, it looks like you're dead, but you're not. So you now that Marianne's actually still alive and out there, and she knows everything. And the season ended with Nadia basically trying to, you know, with her kind of somewhat boyfriend being like, okay, if we can just get this stuff on Jonathan her professor then all will, you know, be well and we can get him, you know, to the cops and Joe of course is one step ahead of her. And this was a really creepy scene. I actually really liked I there's something about I love Penn He's so good in this role to see him when he's really when Penn is like really menacing. I, I you know, of course he's charming, but I also love when he's kind of creepy. Yeah. And he uh he he meets up with Nadia and he's like, "Look, you know, I now have resources because Kate has now the whole empire.
0: And yep. like, And she's accepted oh, him yeah. and she's like which is really interesting twist where Kate was like, I don't care, you know, your past. She's not love accepting, but she's like let's, you know, so now he's he's uh, a killer with all these resources and he's fully unleashed and he's embraced his dark side.
2: Yeah. And that scene where he just, like, kind of threatens her, like, look, everything's going to be fine. And he keeps pushing her back and back, and then she sees her boyfriend there, slit throat, and he just, like, hands her the knife. And he's, like, you know, basically he's, like, she's going to have to, you know, accept that she, you know, did it. And and this is the whole thing where he's, like, she'll be in jail and, like, nothing she can do about it. And she's, you just see the look on her face of, like, what was the one thing Marion warned her about? Don't mess with this guy. Yeah, and here it is. And then now we're back in New York, and Kate, is, you know, starting her take over this empire. Joe's back to being clean shaven, a little back to the shorter hair, back to that season one look. And uh, fun I think he's back in New York, and I just love the way this this season ended with Kate. Like, you know, I'm excited to start the thing, and he's like, uh, I'm just here to help, and this the the glee on his face of like now he can be whoever she needs him to be and i think this is where one more season will be great if we can get one more season where we see joe in his true prime if he was a killer but maybe for good where it's people that kate needs to take out for you know you know kate is not her father i think she's going to use this empire for good but you know we don't know that it yeah. might have a dark side as well as we've seen throughout the season so yeah the two parts i think worked well again the it, and then all the twists and turns of that second half and uh i do hope they get a season five the show is just still as good as ever
0: and they actually the... they actually did announce they will be a fifth and final season this will be the final season um oh when did they announce that I uh, just just like just recently i think it was maybe okay. like a week or a couple weeks ago
2: i haven't seen anything about the i think it hasn't been fully announced but i know he he said the creator told him the ending he wants for a fifth season oh uh, okay and Penn's like i think it'll be a great even with the interviews he's been like there's still some story to tell for joe so he's like and i think when you came out i think both parts surpassed stranger things like you yeah know, like every, every Netflix show at some point surpasses the next one because it's <laughs> the like predecessor. Yeah. Well, we have only one show to watch at a time on Netflix, you know, or at least a big show. So, but he's so good and the cast is good. The filming is great. So, again, I really enjoyed You season four. It was different, it was fun, and I can't wait to see where they go next. So, for me, I'm going to give you uh, an 8.5 out of 10.
0: I'm going to give it the same. And you can check out all four seasons of You. Streaming now on Netflix. That was this edition of Potential Picks.
1: Thanks for listening to The Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Potential Podcast or on Twitter at The Potential Pod. Or
0: you can email us, send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email, ThePotentialPodcast at Yahoo.com. I'm your host,
1: Chris Dewar. And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum and remember know, know your, your potential, potential.